Best on the Board is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time for thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, it's quick and easy to navigate, and it's not just sports tickets, also music and theater tickets as well. All it takes is two taps, and then you check out. So head on over to the App Store or Play Store, download GameTime, and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. everybody welcome to best on the board and welcome to week nine of the nfl i am chris meany of the athletic joined by michael beller of the athletic what's going on beller nothing much meany i'm doing well i'm excited for uh, uh this week i think we've got a couple of uh we got, we got a tough slate to pick uh, at least on wednesday but i think we've got uh some really fun intriguing games coming our way this weekend so i'm excited to get into it yeah, this is kind of the point in the season where we get into the second half, you know, ten, pretenders, contenders, all that good stuff. We're really going to start to get a good feel of some of these teams. And this is an interesting week because it's an interesting week for Survivor, you know, certainly. And we will touch on Survivor picks a little bit later on in the show. But also there's there's not a lot of big spreads. I mean, currently there's two right now, depending on what book you're looking at. There could only be one that's in the double-digit mark and the Thursday game and then and then the Bills. So there's there's a lot of tight spreads, a lot of just mediocre teams playing mediocre teams and some teams that we we're just unsure what to really expect. So it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, if you're just new to the show, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with us today. If you don't have a subscription at The Athletic, we encourage you to check out theathletic.com slash best on the board will get you 40% off. You'll be able to hear absolutely every single podcast we have going at The Athletic, and there's over 100 right now. I'm talking like a lot of NBA teams, hockey teams, football teams, of course, some fantasy podcasts, a new Dunks and Dimes with Brendan Funson and Eric Wong that you should check out, a fantasy basketball podcast. You'll be able to get all of the rankings that Jake Seeley has, waiver wire stuff, Beller's ranking show twice a week, this show twice a week as well, because on Friday, Beller is going to be joined by DVR to go over some more picks so um thanks for dbr for filling in but you know looking forward to that show on friday as well yeah it's great i'm really happy that we've got uh, this friday show to come back with you obviously can't be with us this friday but i think dbr can uh, can slide into your shoes for one week i'm sure he can do a little bit better than my three and four from last week let's be honest both of us three and four from last week uh before we get into a little bit of that we just you know we, we appreciate you guys hanging out wherever it is that you are listening to podcasts. A rate and review will help us. It'll help you get the show out a little bit quicker as well. Give Beller a follow at mbeller and myself at Chris Me. If you have any questions throughout the week, because that's why we want to do that Friday show as well. We'll roll through all the games and then a little bit of a tighter show on Friday with practice reports and see where we change our mind here and there. So any questions, you can always hit us up on Twitter. So let's talk about last week before we get into this week. Three and four for both of us. You were on the Vikings, Carolina, Houston, Cleveland. That didn't work out well for us. Um, Green Bay, the Rams, and Giants on your end. I was on Carolina and Houston, too. You know, Houston came back in that game, almost lost it. But Carolina, I mean, that wasn't even close. San Fran, this team just continues to roll, Beller. 
Yeah, time for me to uh, to get off the uh, let's doubt San Fran. I thought they were a good team, but I didn't think that they were you know five and a half points better than Carolina. I thought Carolina was going to be able to come in and make that uh, a really competitive game. I thought they were going to be able to uh, get the better of San Francisco's defense. That simply was not the case, and I thought that their defense would be able to at least slow down San Francisco's running game. Tevin Coleman then goes off for just a monster performance. So uh, time to take the 49ers. Absolutely, 100, 100% seriously as one of the three or four best teams in the NFL. And Jimmy G didn't even have to, again, did not have to throw the football really to win. They they get it done with their defense, seven sacks, three interceptions. Hand Allen his first loss of this season, and they just look really, really strong. So there, there was a couple, you know, doing the Friday show was, I guess it was good for you, and you came off, I, I think you came off Detroit, you went to the Giants, and for me, I had the Saints locked in. I was like, ah, there's just too much going on with New Orleans. Ended up being on them heading into the weekend with Drew Brees. But on this show, as my final seven, I took them out of there, and I believe I chucked in the Texans, and, and that did not work out at all. So for me, I had the Chargers right for once. Uh, <laughs> the Rams, the Packers as well, on the Jets. That's a big yikes again. Buffalo got hammered at home by the Eagles. We already mentioned Houston and Carolina. So let's re let's regroup. And let's hit the reset button. Let's We're ready for week nine. We, let's, yeah, exactly. Let's get into week nine, and let's start with those 49ers uh, up Thursday night football up against the Arizona Cardinals. So according to Sharp Football Analysis, and I don't think this landed here too long or lasted too long, rather, it was a pick it opened up as a pick I think it was just all like David Johnson, some uncertainty what, what's going to happen on the Arizona side with, with David Johnson and Chase Edmonds suffering that injury. And now Kenyon Drake, a part of Arizona's backfield, maybe the only guy, him and Alfred Morris in there. But it's quickly changed now. According to where you look, Westgate's 9.5, uh, some spots 10, 10.5 as well. Is too many points for you in a division game, you know, a short kind of game here? I, I can't get behind Arizona, but I don't know if I'm going to have San Fran in my final seven. But I do feel like and we'll get to Survivor in a little bit, It's it pretty much seems like a lock that the 49ers will find a way to get a W here. Yeah, I, uh, this is a, a very easy stay away from me. There's no way this could have been a pick at any point, right? No. I mean, that, that, has to, that has to be some sort of typo. There's no way, <laughs> uh, no matter what the injury situation might be, we've got an undefeated team and a middling 500 team still figuring things out. Uh, there's no way this game was ever really a pick But either way, uh, can't trust the Cardinals even at home uh, to stay within San Francisco after what they've been able to do this season. And I also don't trust San Francisco to, uh, to win by 10 in this one, no matter what they've done to this point of the season. And they've truly been excellent. I just think this could be a tougher spot than, than 10 points would suggest going into Arizona. Uh, even without David Johnson and Chase Edmonds, I think Kenyon Drake can step into that offense. Emery Hunt and I actually talked about the Kenyon Drake trade in our show last night, uh, the advanced route. Check that out if you've got some time. Uh, Emery went... Uh, pretty in-depth on what he expects from Kenyon Drake the rest of the season going forward. He thinks that we're going to see David Johnson on a new team Ooh. next year uh, after, I after get that trade. I behind that, too. Right? Yeah. But uh, either way, I just it just feels like uh, a game that is a little bit too much to have a ton of confidence in. I think the 49ers win. And uh, if, if I had to pick one side, I'd pick the 49ers. Uh, but it just does have the feeling of a little bit too much points for me to really have a ton of confidence in. This is an easy stay away for betting purposes for me. And these Thursday games – they get a little sloppy, let's be honest. You saw what happened last week. You know, it didn't feel like at any point Washington was going to be able to come back and win that football game, but they only lost by 10. And they certainly that, that spread was a little bit too high. So I, I typically 
tend to stay away from these division games. These Thursday night games can be a little sloppy. The over-under is sitting at 43.5. We have Arizona's team implied total at 16, the 49ers at 26. Yeah, I'd be shocked if Arizona actually got to that 16-point mark. So let's move on from the Thursday night game. I do think that the 49ers will be in play for Survivor. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's head to Sunday, and we got a really early game here in London. So set those lineups, get those picks in pretty early. We have the Texans and the Jaguars. If Houston at 1.5 favorites, a team implied total of 24. Jacksonville at 22.5. Thoughts here? Another divisional game and a huge game for both teams. Yeah, and I like I like Houston a lot in this one. Um, I'm surprised the number is where it's at. Uh, you know, maybe that gives you a little bit of pause if you expected this to be more like Texans minus three and a half, which is where I thought it was going to be somewhere in there, and then it comes in uh, at what it's at. But uh, again, this is um, this is another one where you know, been one of my themes this season, right? Meaning, uh, let's not overthink who the better team is when the spread is this low. And I think Houston has uh, proven that it is the better of these two teams. And that's really not a knock on Jacksonville because Jacksonville uh, has been a very competitive team this season. Like you said, a huge game for their wild card uh, hopes this year, maybe even still in that AFC South race. But I, I think you look up and down these two rosters, even without J.J. Watt, who suffered the uh, season-ending injury last week, Houston's got the better team. And they've, uh, they've really figured things out offensively. They've figured out ways to, I think, one, strengthen the offensive line, and two, minimize uh, its weaknesses vis-a-vis keeping Deshaun Watson upright and healthy. And that has really opened up Houston's offense. We've seen Deshaun, uh, DeAndre Hopkins put up a couple of big games in a row. Uh, we, have, we know the Will Fuller game from a couple of weeks ago. Kenny Stills uh, had himself a big game two weeks ago. Carlos Hyde has been pretty much the best version of Carlos Hyde that you would expect, right? Uh, a guy who can ride volume to productive games, and we've seen that especially in games where Houston has had positive game script. And what that all adds up to, I think, is a not only a, 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 an explosive offense for Houston, but one in which they can trust pretty much every single week. They know what they want to do, they know what they can do, and they can pretty much execute it uh, you know, nine times out of ten. So I think they're going to be able to do that against a, a Jacksonville team this week. And again, the number really just asks you to back who you think is going to win the game. For me, I think Houston wins this one. So I like the Texans. They're going to be one of my seven. Yeah, they're going to be one of my seven too. I feel pretty strong about them on the money line, the one and a half. Uh, I may even tease it. Uh, here as well it, the loss of course of J.J. Watt is 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 tremendous it's huge unfortunately for him a, another season-ending injury but I think Houston I think overall they'll be fine and Deshaun Watson is you know he's the best player on the field here you, you know it's certainly quarterbacking the second best player you, you can go ahead and say it's DeAndre Hopkins if you want to make the argument that he's better than Watson sure whatever uh, they have the best two players uh, on the field in this game so I, I will lean with you and Houston Interesting fantasy game, though, and I'm sure you're going to talk about it with what will be Funson and Jake Seeley on the ranking show. I mean, Darren Fells has popped up recently. Chris Conley has popped up recently. There's So there's some players in this game, and it, it's a weird week with Atlanta and the Rams and the Saints on by. There's a lot of wide receivers who are not playing, so make sure you check out that show, which will come out a little bit later on today. Uh, talking to you guys on a Wednesday as we're recording right now. So let's move over to one of the biggest spreads of the week. As I mentioned, 49ers 10 on Thursday night. The Bills here 9.5 at home against the Washington Redskins. And, and Buffalo, they were really put in their place last week against the Eagles. But this is a Washington team that comes in with a 13.5 team implied total. Not even really sure, Beller, honestly, who's going to make the start at quarterback. And I don't think it really matters. I think this is a bounce-back spot for the Bills. The defense is still strong. Uh, probably going to lean on the run game between 
Frank Gore and Devin Singletary. I, I like Buffalo here. I probably won't have it in my seven. I don't feel great ever picking the Bills by double-digit points, but I think their defense will do enough to to kind of flirt with that number. Yeah, you know where I stand on that, too. Uh, it's something that I've mentioned a couple of times and why I've been avoiding the Bills. Uh, but i got to be honest with you, Meany. I'm surprised to not see your initials next to the Bills. Yeah. Uh, uh, the way we do this, listeners, is we have this sheet, and uh, we have all the the uh, the spreads and the implied totals laid out, and then Chris and I go in, and we put our initials next to picks that we like, and we've seen that CM next to the Bills quite a bit this yeah, season. I thought we were for sure going to see it uh, this week as well, uh, so I'm surprised to not see it. I am there. Um, I'm going to back the Bills in this one. The Redskins are just terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just a really bad team. They're going on the road. Maybe they're starting Dwayne Haskins. Uh, as we sit here on Wednesday, I, if I had to make a bet – Today, I would bet that Case Keenum does end up uh, getting cleared through concussion protocol and getting the start. But even with Case Keenum, we're talking about a very, very bad football team, a team that has a low ceiling, a floor of literally zero points going into Buffalo against a strong Buffalo team, uh, top to bottom, a team that is you know now at full strength offensively with Devin Singletary healthy. John Brown has been a consistent force uh, for this team really all season long. I just think they win this one comfortably, and against a team like Washington, you know the reason I was concerned about uh, about the Bills a couple of weeks ago, and I got the, the the opponent is escaping me at the time. Man, I don't know it was the Dolphins. The reason I was a little bit afraid of them uh, in that Dolphins game was a the line was seventeen, right. And B, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, for all of his faults, is still a guy who, you know, usually gets some points on the board uh, no matter what. And that's why I was afraid of that one. Uh, Washington could easily get shut out in this game. I mean, if Buffalo scores 20 points, I think that they probably cover the nine and a half. So I'm willing to make that sort of bet on this Buffalo team uh, and trust that Josh Allen and company can get to 20, 23 points. And if they do that, I think they ultimately win this game by 10 or more. So well, I'll take the Bills and I'll take them relatively confidently, even uh, just on here on Wednesday. Yeah. You know, I, I, I agree. You know, Recently, though, the defense hasn't been the same, and I know it's just a couple games. The most yards they had given up all season was was that game against Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know if they took them lightly or if it was because Matt Molino was out of the lineup, their best you know, cover linebacker. They certainly struggled stopping Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then last week against the Eagles, they gave up the, the biggest pass play and the biggest run play that they had given up all season. I still like their defense. I still like them at home. And I guess it all basically comes down to – really what you just said about Washington. They just don't have a lot to offer offensively. Terry McLaurin has been shut down the past couple weeks. I expect him to get shut down again. I don't even care if it's Case Keenum, and there's a lot of talk in the fantasy industry that, you know, and I agree with most people that he needs Case Keenum to, you know, be productive because Dwayne Haskins doesn't look like he's there yet. So I will lean Buffalo, but again, it just seems like a lot of points. I think it certainly is a lock again, Survivor. You want to tease it down to maybe just win by a touchdown, but yeah, the team applied total for Washington is 13, and I agree. It could, it could certainly get it, get shut out here. This is a game that I'm I'm having issues, and I can guarantee you it's not going to come near my seven. Uh, there's no chance. Carolina, minus four against Tennessee. The, the over-under at 41.5. We have a team applied total for the Panthers at 22, the Titans at 18. Ryan Tannehill, 2-0 and as a starter. Kyle Allen put in his place last week. No Cam Newton. You know, he, he has been practicing, but he's not going to start in this game. I'll let you take it away. I feel like I want to go with the Panthers, but I just don't trust that team right now. If there is any silver lining for me to getting embarrassed uh, on my Carolina being one of the best plays of the week last week, it was that we can put to bed this ridiculous notion that Kyle Allen is still going to start for this team when Cam Newton's yes, healthy. Yes. Uh, now, uh, uh, Kyle Allen was not the first and will not be the last quarterback to be shut down by San Francisco, but I think we can all agree 
that healthy Cam Newton is a better quarterback across the board than healthy Kyle Allen. So Cam Newton will be back. This could be Kyle Allen's last stand, and I, I agree with you completely. Uh, with what we saw, uh, or what we've seen, excuse me, from Tennessee the last couple of weeks with Ryan Tannehill, I'm not ready to back Carolina with a ton of confidence. I'm always, I'm never ready to back Tennessee with a ton of confidence, especially on the road. But uh, even with, even in a game where you know, Corey Davis and AJ Brown did next to nothing for Tennessee offensively, you still had Ryan Tannehill. Throwing for three touchdowns, Johnny Smith stepped up in Delaney Walker's absence, had himself a, a big game, and, and Carolina's defense for me is just a little bit too up and down uh, so far this season. A little bit too strong here, weak there, and so right now it's not a game that I really want to trust. I do lean in Carolina's direction in this one, playing at home. They've always got Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's always going to get his, as we saw last week against San Francisco, even in a blowout. He got his numbers, and that's always going to be on the table for him. And I do think that uh, this Carolina passing game can find a little bit of success against Tennessee. But I can see this being a real slowed-down, slugfest, uh, drag-out sort of fight here where it goes like 2017 or 17-13. So I just don't have enough confidence in Carolina to be able to consistently move the ball up and down the field against Tennessee to really want to back them. So uh, another one that's going to be a pretty easy stay away for me. Yeah, I, I guess I will lean with, with the home team when it comes down to these kind of coin flip games. I I will lean with Carolina. But I have been impressed with Ryan Tannehill, and I've watched a lot of his throws, whether that has to do with because I've, I've had to stream him lately or not. But he has been pretty productive. I mean, 23 for 29, 312, two touchdowns. You know, not as great in terms of yardage, only 193. But as you mentioned, the three touchdowns last week took care of a weak secondary in Tampa Bay, and I think that's a positive. So here we are with, with the Titans – you know, 2-0 with Ryan Tannehill and the offense just seems to be a little bit better and Derrick Henry's not running into walls. So I think it's good all around for the offense, but this could be a bounce back spot for Carolina after getting smashed on the road. The Philadelphia Eagles, five-point favorites against the Chicago Bears. Our team's going head-to-head here, Beller, Uh-oh. this weekend. Yeah, Philly <laughs> opened up as three-point favorites. It's it's now jumped up to five, five-and-a-half in some spots. Uh, Westgate has five. Deshaun Jackson looks like he's going to be good to go and, and return in the lineup. And you know what? It was, it was great to see Dave Montgomery get all those touches. I mean, he had the most rushing yards out of anybody last week. That's positive because the week before he had two carries and, and one he put on the ground. So it has been very frustrating for Dave Montgomery I'm sure and Bears fans and Montgomery owners but this is a really tough matchup for him against the Eagles defense they don't really give up a whole lot on the ground they give up a lot in the air but I just can't back Mitch Trubisky so I will lean Philly here but as we get closer to tip off I or tip off tip off basketball show oh bull sixers let's go Oh boy bull sixers (laughs) yeah as we get closer to kickoff I think that this could creep up to close to six six and a half almost seven yeah, th- th- to be honest, this feels a little uh, rich for me. Um, I pretty much assumed, even before I saw what the lines were, that I was going to be going with the Eagles here. I thought it was going to be a little bit lower, but I'm still going with the Eagles here. Um, I, I, we talked about this last week, and I can't remember uh, what the game was, but uh, we've talked about this notion um, quite a bit this season of we know what Philly's weakness is, and that pass defense is a true weakness, but – it doesn't matter if the other team is not equipped to take advantage of your weakness, right? Like, we knew Kirk Cousins was going to be able to go into Philadelphia and have a good game, or maybe that game was in Minnesota. But against the Eagles, we knew that Kirk Cousins was going to be able to have a good game because even to that point of the season, we hadn't seen a ton of great performance from him. He still has a great track record. He still had uh, Steph Diggs and Adam Thielen, and we were pretty confident he was going to be able to get things cooking, as he did. 
what about this Bears offense suggests to you that they're going to be able to get things going offensively? Even I mean, last week, if you look at this entire schedule that the Bears have played this season, last week has to be taken as an encouraging game for the offense. And it wasn't exactly yeah, like they played all that points. well. They scored 16 points. They still turned the ball over uh, a ton. Mitch Trubisky still missed a wide-open walk-in Taylor Gabriel touchdown that would have basically sealed the game for the Bears the very next play he fumbles and the, and the Chargers take advantage. I mean, this is just an offense that still cannot throw the ball with any sort of consistency. It is remarkable. We're not going to really notice this at the end of the season, especially years down the road, but it is remarkable what Allen Robinson has been able to do yes. uh, tied to this quarterback in this offense this season. I just don't think the Bears can take advantage of Philly's weakness. And on the other side, I think Philly can take advantage of the Bears' weakness. I do think that they're going to be able to sl- uh, slow down David Montgomery. I think they're going to be able to get pressure on Mitch Trubisky. And I think they're going to be able to run the ball. And that's been something you've been able to do against the Bears since the Akeem Hicks injury. We saw Oakland uh, and New Orleans put up big rushing games on the Bears. I think Philly's going to be able to do the same. Uh, Miles Sanders injury not expected to be serious. Jordan Howard, a little bit of a revenge game. I think both those guys are going to get going. And if you get Deshaun Jackson back, then this Philly offense looks a ton different. Remember what they looked like week one uh, against Washington. If we get that downfield element back into the Philadelphia offense, then I think we see a much different Carson Wentz and a much different passing game. I like the Eagles at home in this one. Yeah, much different passing game is right. You know, I think a lot of people are frustrated with Zach Ertz, maybe Alshon Jeffrey also in a revenge game here as well. But I think just having that deep threat for Carson Wentz, who's never really had one before in his career. I mean, it's been basically the one game Mike Wallace didn't work out a couple of years ago and neither did Torrey Smith really let's be honest so to get that deep threat I think it'll open up things for Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey and what I've noticed lately with the Eagles since they've had those back-to-back blowout losses they've really just leaned on the run game so I think we'll see a lot of Jordan Howard and we'll certainly see some Miles Sanders as he's as he's starting to trend up as well and you're right about Allen Robinson he's been really consistent so far this season somebody get that man a quarterback Dealing with Blake Bortles his first few years of his career and and one amazing season with with Bortles as well. I think what do you have like 14, 15 touchdowns, like 1400 yards. yards. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable stuff. So he has been uh, a bright spot for Chicago as well. This next game is is off the board. It's Minnesota and Kansas City. It's it's because we just don't know about Patrick Mahomes. It's sounding like he's doubtful. I, I don't think he's going to play in this game. So I'll turn the question over to you. Just assuming that it is Matt Moore, who, by the way, played pretty good last week. I was pretty impressed with, with how he played. That loss to the Packers was not on Matt Moore. If Matt Moore is playing, how does how does this make you feel about the game? What do you think the spread will be? I think it, it'll probably be pretty close to a pick if it is Moore. I, I feel personally that I'll probably lean the Vikings way just because of Dalvin Cook and the fact that he's just going to be able to run all over this Chiefs defense. How do you feel? Agreed across the board, and I think Pickham's right. Like we right, we got we got to feel that Patrick Mahomes is about a touchdown difference from Matt Moore, yeah, right. Yeah. About and doesn't like Chiefs minus seven feel pretty fair? Yeah, if Mahomes is playing in this game, maybe even Chiefs minus six. I feel like that feels fair. So if we're calling Mahomes a touchdown quarterback, then over like league average, which is where I think we can fairly put Matt Moore, uh, then I think that this should be right around to pick him. And I agree with you. I would lean in the Vikings direction, but almost certainly going to be staying away uh, from this one. The Chiefs were right there with Green Bay last week. I mean, Matt Moore really did look good. And I mean, you know, Andy Reid, uh, this is this is where we're really seeing coaching, right? Co- great coaching is what stands out. I, you know, you coaching stands out at the extremes. Really good or really bad stands out. And we've seen the really good side from uh, Bill Belichick, obviously, this year and what they've been able to do 
defensively, the way they've just shut down opponent after opponent. We've seen it from Andy. We saw it from Andy Reid last week with Matt Moore. We saw it from uh, Sean Payton when he had to go five games without Drew Brees, right? That's where great coaching. So Frank Reich, I think, is another good example of that, Absolutely. of just being able to adapt on the fly, losing Andrew Luck and going to Jacoby Brissett. That's where great co- that's where coaching really stands out. And we saw it from Andy Reid last week, and that's what scares me about this game. And, you know, no disrespect to Mike Zimmer, but, uh, you know, with them playing at home, with Matt Moore looking as competent as he did, with an expectation that um, that Kansas City knows how it has to ad- adjust its offense with Matt Moore rather than Patrick Mahomes, it's just a game that I don't necessarily want to get tied up in if I don't have to. I lean Minnesota in pools where I have to pick every game. Uh, but other than that, unless this spread ends up being much larger than we expect it to be, I'm probably just going to be staying away. Yeah, make sure you guys check out the show on Friday with, with Beller and DVR because I'm sure you'll you'll have a number by then. Uh, I would imagine Patrick Mahomes is probably ruled out. Like I said, I think he's trending towards doubtful. Let's not rush this guy back, but it does seem like he is going to be back a lot sooner than you know initial reports with with the fractured kneecap uh you know already practicing is is nuts it's, it's crazy we already knew this guy was a freak but uh, right. it's writing on the wall right there jets and dolphins oh boy uh the new york <laughs> opened up as five and a half favorites they're now three <laughs> i know that i'm I, I got burned by the jet i've gotten burned actually by the jets a couple times so why am i going back to them well it's the miami dolphins honestly and that's kind of what it comes down to i think this game will be competitive ryan Fitzpatrick has done a decent job he has turned the ball over and you know he was up last week on on the steelers before he started turning the ball over but i will lean with the jets here it, it's a nice matchup we don't have uh Xavier howard for the for the dolphins i think that's huge for robbie a- anderson I would imagine I can't give Adam Grace or Adam Grace Adam Gase the benefit of the doubt that he is going to hand the ball off to Lev Bell like at least double digit times. But listen, Sam Darnold is completely rattled. He's thrown seven picks in the last two games. They were trolling him in Jacksonville with with ghosts in the stands. It was it was <laughs> fun to see. But let's hand it off to Lev Bell. And let's take advantage of this Miami defense that teams have just run all over them. So give me the Jets by a field goal. I wouldn't do it in Survivor. I'm a little scared of that. But I will take the Jets because I do think, at least on paper, this is a much better team than Miami. They just haven't shown it yet. I think this could be a good game for Donald and company to to get it going. With me? Yeah, I want no. I want no part of this game. <laughs> I mean, Fair I, just, I, I could not. I could not possibly want less of this game than I'm going to have. Uh, I'll let your analysis stand. Uh, I'm not saying any of it's wrong, but we've just seen. I mean, two completely uh, just teams that have no idea. I think where they're headed right now, uh, and that that's something I would want to stay away from more than anything when it comes to betting. At least, uh, like, God, who's a, who's a, maybe a good example? Um, of this like Cincinnati right like they're a bad team they're 0 and 8 but at least they know what they are when they take the field at least they know that they're this this pass heavy team that has a couple of good downfield weapons they've got a running back in Joe Mixon that they know what they can get out of uh, in a game where where they can get him going at least they know that at least Atlanta another bad team knows that you know when when it comes down to it we've got Julio we've got Calvin Ridley we've got Matt Ryan we can we can make some plays down the field I don't think either of these teams has any idea what it's going to be on a week-to-week basis. So that is just a game that I want no part of. Uh, you know, uh, all the credit to you for for buying into this game, but I'm going to be staying away from it. Yeah, you're going to kind of break my rule when two mediocre teams play. I usually just run, but I, I'm kind of feeling the Jets this week. I'm going to go back to them. Here we go. Rolling the dice with the New York Jets. That's the nicest thing anyone said about Miami, by the way, this year, well, calling these two mediocre teams. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. At any point, did you think they were going to win that game against the Steelers being up, what, 14-3? to 
Win, no. Um, <laughs> Cover. But uh, I, I immediately felt terrible about my uh, Steelers minus 13 and a half pick that I had in some other spots, not to here on best on the board. But, yeah. uh, I mean, come on. Like, the worst the worst time for, for a team like Miami to be up 14 nothings in the first quarter. Yeah, for sure. Um, the public... You know, leaning towards the Jets, but not high. 62% is, is number 10. You know, Kansas City right now, which is amazing because there's no spread, so I don't know how, how much stock you take into that, but 99% of the public, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense on the That's Chiefs. That's got to be some sort um, of statistical error. Yeah, for sure, because there were certain spots you could bet it, but it was completely taken off the board when I looked at Tuesday morning and I saw something on Monday night. Um, this is the first game, correct me if I'm wrong, a pick'em? I don't know if we've had a pick'em. Steelers yeah. and Colts, a pick'em. And is this a trap? I don't know. It feels weird to me. And I don't know if James Conner is going to play. It, it looks like he's not. Jalen Samuels is is good to go. He practiced. I thought Conner looked good last week. Yeah, Conner did. What like? No, no. I thought he looked like. I thought he was going to play. Well, yeah, I didn't think that he did look good. Uh, but I thought I thought it sounded like things were trending in the right direction for him. Interesting. Well, keep an eye on that again. Friday, Friday show. Um, you know, we'll we'll have a. I, I'm certain it, it, if Connor is practicing on Friday, when by the time you do the show, you'll you'll know at least if he's ruled out or not. But nonetheless, it just seemed like a bit of a trap. I, I don't know. I'd like the Colts here. I know that they're on the road, and and the Steelers have have been a little bit better recently. I mean, they just played Miami. I'm still not completely sold on on that game. And then before the bye, they beat up a Chargers team that. It's just been looking brutal for weeks now. So I'm just going to take the better team, the better defense, the better offensive line. I'm going to lean with the Colts here just to win the football game. Are we sure the Colts have the better defense? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I-, I don't think it's much better. And, I, I again, the Minka Fitzpatrick deal was pretty solid. He has been good. But over what I've seen over the past couple weeks, I just think it's – I think it's flawed. I think it's kind of fake news, honestly. I, it's It's Miami – and, and it, it was the Chargers. I, I'm just not completely sold on their defense. I do think that the Colts, I think it's pretty close. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, there's so much talent on Pittsburgh's defense with T.J. Watt and Devin Bush. I do and like Watt. Mika Fitzpatrick uh, that you mentioned. I don't know. I, I kind of lean the Steelers in this one. Really? This is one that I could see myself. I, I don't have it listed as one of my seven uh, just yet, but uh, I could see myself uh, eventually backing the Steelers. We'll see how the line moves. This is the one, this is the one game. Uh, of the of the entire slate this week that I'm most interested in just putting blinders on as far as the teams are and seeing where the money's coming in, where the ticket percentage is coming in and where the money percentage is coming in because I think there could be sharp money on either side of this game. So I'm very interested to see where that breaks down. Uh, you know, if we have like a if we have like a forty percent, sixty percent ticket money split, meaning forty percent of the tickets are on one side, but sixty percent of the money is on that same side. You know, that's going to be something that really uh, catches my eye. And this is the one game. Yeah, you know, I look at that for every game every week, but this is the one game on the slate this week that I'm most interested to see where it goes because uh, you know, Pickham is always a ripe spot uh, for 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 things of that nature. And I do think that these are two pretty relatively evenly matched teams so especially with Pittsburgh being the home team so I'm very interested to see how that goes and this is one I could see uh, getting into in a little bit more depth with DVR mm. on Friday when we start to see that because I do think that uh, that Pittsburgh is uh, a little better than we maybe expect them to be week in week out with Mason Rudolph as the starter well football outsiders definitely agrees with you overall um, pass defense pretty dead on um, but the run defense, I mean, they got Pittsburgh pass defense, DVOA at, at 10. They got the Colts. 
in there at 15. And then there is there is a pretty big gap in terms of run defense and guys you're talking about and Watt and Bush. So, um, yeah, I'm just it, it it just it just feels a little weird. I think it's because on the maybe it's because it's on the road. If it was in Indy, what what do you think the spread would be? Just three. We're still a pick them. Yeah, not. I, I think it would be like three and a half. Three and a half. I think they would force you to get more than a field goal uh, if Indy were playing at home. But yeah, Indy, I mean, Indy's had to win so many of these games ugly. And again, yeah. credit to them, they're doing it. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're winning these games ugly, and that's and that's really all that matters when it comes down to it. They are four two and one against the spread so far this season. But uh, I just still feel like because of what Pittsburgh can do defensively, and if James Conner is healthy then I do think that, uh, that that Pittsburgh might just be the better team playing at home. So uh, this is one I want to wait and see uh, where the bets are coming in uh, by Friday. Yeah, every one of the Colts games has been decided by a touchdown or less. So they, they've hung around, and they've, they've played in some competitive games as well. I'm just I, I'm not completely sold on, on Mason Rudolph, but we'll yeah, move well, on. Who is? Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Rudolph, Fair. perhaps. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Mr. Santa Claus. Deontay always Johnson, sold. maybe? He's been yeah, Deontay, decent. yeah. Probably parents, sold. parents, Deon, uh, any other close family members, Deontay Johnson and Santa, of course. And Santa, always, of course. All right, Sunday, late games. we got Oakland and the Detroit Lions. This is one of the highest totals on the board. It could be a fun game from a fantasy standpoint. We have the Raiders as two-point favorites. They open up at one. It was a 51-point total, 50-and-a-half, as I mentioned. What's your thoughts here? Who are you leaning with? First thought is that maybe my favorite bet of the week is over in this game. <laughs> yeah, uh, these yeah, are yeah. two uh, surprisingly effective offenses and two relatively bad defenses. Uh, I think this game ends up being the highest scoring game of the weekend, and you're going to be very happy if you've got you know Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, uh, Marvin Jones. You are not going to be disappointed if you are invested in this game uh, from a fantasy perspective. That's thought number one. Thought number two is give me the Raiders. I can, uh, you know, this this offense has been good. I mean, a legitimately good offense so far uh, this season with the Raiders. Uh, they are ranked uh, eighth overall in uh, DVOA, sixth in pass DVOA. These are two bad pass defenses. The, the Lions are ranked even higher in DVOA. So again, this is going to be a high scoring game. Uh, but I, I just think that with uh, with the Raiders playing at home and with this game uh, being such a uh, such a small spread, all they got to do is win by a field goal. I like that. If this were reverse, like if this game were Lions. Yeah, minus. So if we we throw the three, then the three. So if this were Lions minus four in Detroit, I would like the Lions. Uh, but I, I just think that again, these are two teams that know what they are every time they take the field, especially offensively. I love that in a team, and I do think uh, that Oakland being at home is going to be the uh, the thing that breaks for them. So uh, I'm going to take the Raiders as one of my seven. I really like this offense, and uh, I like them going forward, especially uh, with Tyrell Williams now back out there healthy. Tyrell. Darren Waller. Just imagine what could have been if yeah. Antonio Brown didn't lose his mind. Oh, I know. I had this conversation with somebody the other day. I mean, he just had to shut up and, and, and play football because it seems like, you know, we're talking about a lot of teams. Like, where's the identity with these teams? At least Oakland has one offensively. I mean, it, they, they run the ball with Josh Jacobs, and they throw to Waller, and they throw to Williams, who, by the way, has a touchdown in every single game. Now, he's missed some time, but he does have a touchdown in every game, and he's went up against some tough corners so far. He had a touchdown against Minnesota. He had Chris Harris in week one where he had a touchdown. So, there's a lot to like about Oakland, and I agree. I think this is going to be a shootout. And on the other side, Detroit, they don't have a run game. It's the Matthew Stafford show. Whether you know they roll out Ty Johnson, Trey Carson, I don't think it matters. J.D. McKissick, it's Matthew Stafford's offense, and he's throwing the football. So I like the over. 
I wouldn't be shocked if Detroit won the game, and I'm sure you wouldn't either, and me seeing the spread at two. I probably will lean with you, uh, the home team, but this is one I think in general I'll, I'll just stay away from and take the over. We have Seattle, six-point favorites against Tampa Bay, another high total. It could be a, another fun game here, 51-and-a-half. Seattle team implied total at 28, the Buccaneers at 22. Was it the last time we saw Jameis Winston when he threw five picks? Or two weeks ago, he threw five picks? Nonetheless. Yeah, no. Last week, he didn't throw five picks. Because he was he on a bye. Two... No, 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 they no, lost no. It, they lost to the Titans. Yeah, but he had, he had two picks and two fumbles. Yeah, well, that's what Jameis does. <laughs> he turns the ball over. Um, is, is it too many points, Seattle? This is going to be – it's been the Chris Carson show, really, in terms of just getting a lot of touches and carries, and he's turning out some good yards and good fantasy performances. But I think knowing – Russell Wilson's been really good, but that secondary has been so bad. It could be a bad game for Carson and just the Russell Wilson show. Metcalf is showing up. Tyler Lockett's been pretty consistent lately. It's hard for me to feel good about Tampa keeping this close, but I suppose I could see maybe a backdoor cover. Yeah, it's too many points for me. Um, It seems like every Tampa Bay uh, um, possession ends with either a Jameis turnover or a Jameis touchdown pass. Right, one or the other uh, seems to happen every single ta- every single time Tampa touches the ball. Uh, do you know that uh, that Chris Godwin and Mike Evans right now are ranked third and fifth in fantasy points at the wide receiver position? The last time we had two receivers in the top five was 06 with Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, oh, nice. and that year Peyton Manning was the QB one, and this year Jameis Winston is the QB thirteen. You know how bad you have to be to be the QB thirteen with two receivers in the top five? That is a- a- alarming. That is shocking out of Jameis Winston, but I still feel like this is too many points. And it is because of the fact that that, that passing game is always going to be dangerous uh, with with Godwin and with Mike Evans. And because Seattle, uh, you know, to its own detriment, doesn't take full advantage of what it has offensively. And, and that really isn't meant to be a knock on Chris Carson because he has been very good. But, I mean, man, would any other coaching staff uh, hamstring uh, uh, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett the way this one has. I saw a tweet uh, earlier today, and I wish I could uh, credit the person who it was. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone, some big name in our industry, uh, that Tyler Lockett has, uh, over the last five weeks, been the wide receiver 14 uh, while being the wide receiver 37 in targets. So 36 wow. more receivers have had more targets per game than Tyler Lockett the last five weeks, but he has been 14th in terms of fantasy points scored. I mean, wouldn't anyone else see that and be like, all right, well, let's fire up Russell and Tyler and see what they can do, uh, you know, hook, trying to hook up 10 or 12 times a game. And that's just never what this team's going to do. And that makes it tough for me to trust them to win a game by a touchdown against a team that, for all its faults, can still go out there and throw up 30 any given week because of what it has in the passing game. I like Seattle. Uh, again, another one of those where I'll pick, I'll back them most likely in a uh, in pools where I have to pick every game, but just too many points for me to really get fully behind them. Yeah, it, it's weird about Lockett. It's because they want to run the football there, but yeah, if if they were ever really challenged from another team, you know, you, you go look at maybe week two when when Lockett has ten catches on twelve targets. Week three against the Saints, that was a game that they were challenged, 11 catches on 14 targets. But other than that, it's just been four or five grabs. I mean, he's been super efficient, 46 catches on 54 targets. But, I mean, that's a great point. Just don't throw the ball a ton there. And, again, we've had this conversation before. Russell Wilson is doing it again. But I felt like last week that was a game where I felt like against the Falcons, they probably should have won by double-digit scores without Matt Ryan. And, and they only won by a touchdown. So a little hesitant to, to back Seattle by six. But, again, you know, if you're into teasing, you know, you can do the four-game teaser, the sweetheart teaser. I think that Seattle will, will certainly win this game against Tampa Bay. 
We got the Broncos and the Browns here. Um, Cleveland, my God. I actually <laughs> jumped on this game early because I, I did feel like – because originally where I saw it was was Denver two and a half. And I said, oh, you know, I, I, I do think that Cleveland will probably win this football game. Things get a little bit easier in, in the second half for them. And then with the quarterback change and Joe Flacco not being a part of the offense anymore, like it matters, I don't know, potentially. Cleveland now three-point favorites. Is this a game you're just staying away from? Is this the same thing? You just With the Browns team, you just don't really know what to expect. They don't fully have an identity. Yeah, you're a masochist. I don't know what you're, you're backing. You're backing the three-point favorite oh, Browns baby, and the three-point favorite Jets let's on go. the road. Even though you've you've watched these teams play this year, right? I mean, you've you've, yeah. you've sat down and you're backing both these teams as field goal favorites on the road. Absolutely. I don't care who the opponent is. Hey, you're crazy, man. And you backed the just... you backed the Cleveland against New England last week. Hey, hey, that was last week. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> Fair enough. You're, you're going back to the well. I'm going. You know what it is? It's Brandon <laughs> Allen. I'm not. He doesn't have to do a whole lot really to put up Flacco-like numbers, but I, I feel like you know Cleveland's starting to get a couple pieces back defensively. Let's hand the ball off to Chubb. Chubb's going to win this game for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I just, I just is another game that I don't want to get involved with at all. Um, even, even though we're forcing ourselves to pick seven games here, I just yeah. can't. I, I can't trust either side in this one. Okay, fair enough. Well, we'll just move on then. Do you trust the Packers? I mean, this is the team Do that I we've backed all year long, right? We feel like they're kind of getting disrespected. I th- we've said this before by Vegas. Like, let's not overthink things. They're playing Oakland, only five and a half point favorites. Let's not overthink it. You know, going into Kansas City, they were, I believe they were like four and a half as well. And all of a sudden, the yep. line started moving towards KC. And it's like, whoa, what's going on here? People are not backing the Packers. So this Chargers team is a complete mess. Yeah, they got the win in Chicago last week, but they still did not look good offensively. So I think we're both on the same page here at least that Green Bay is going to cover the three and a half. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally done with people uh, saying, oh, the Packers, they keep getting so lucky. Oh, well, you know, the Oakland, uh, you know, they, they turn the ball over at the one-yard line and uh, they're, they're, oh, the, the game against uh, the Lions, they just keep getting lucky and lucky. I'm like, forget that. The Packers are 7-1 and one for real. They're 6-2 and two against the spread. Aaron Rodgers is having another phenomenal season with – Jake Kumaro and Alan Lazard playing huge roles in this offense. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are one of the best one-two punches, and not only a, a very prolific one-two punch in a, in a situation where either guy can step up and be the one if the other one were to go down, but two guys who fit so well together, and they really open up the Green Bay offense. And this is another job where I think hats off to Matt LaFleur. They lose Devontae Adams, and we've really seen – them accentuate the strengths of both Jones and Williams and use them together in very effective ways. Again, I mean, this is just, I'm not going to overthink this. They are clearly, clearly the better team in this game going into Los Angeles. There will be more Packers fans in that stadium than there will be Chargers fans. And they're only laying three and a half. The Packers are going to win this game by a touchdown. Give me the Packers. This is my favorite play of the week. Yeah, so we're talking about public bets and, and, you know, you can just forget about Kansas City because we said that's probably flawed. But so we'll put Green Bay up at number one, 90% of the public on the Packers, 81% on the 49ers, 79% on the Browns. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, they're, <laughs> we're feeling each other, the public and myself on the Browns. Let's go to the Sunday night game. This is this is a game I'm really looking forward to seeing. I, I think maybe, maybe the, probably the first true test. I say Buffalo was a test for New England, and that's you know McDermott and the Bills, especially in Buffalo, have given Brady fits over the time. And the Ravens actually have had – their number over Brady and Belichick 
you know, over the past few years. There's been some great playoff battles. This is the first time that Belichick will see Lamar Jackson. New England, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Baltimore. That's where it opened. That's where it's staying. The The total has has jumped slightly. It was 44-and-a-half. It's now 45-and-a-half. I'll let you take this away because these are two teams that I feel like you're not sold – sold on at all I've heard you say before you're not really feeling the Ravens they're not that good and I've heard you say before that the New England offense is not that good so uh, what are you doing here yeah I, I despite the fact that I've said that and I have said that multiple times this season very excited for this game this could be the AFC championship game in a couple of months Definitely. and I'm starting to back off of what I've said about the Ravens um you know I, I was a little skeptical on them early in the season uh, but just like I think we've seen Arizona start to figure out who it is and round into form offensively I think we've seen the same thing from Baltimore over the last couple of weeks the eye-opening win for me was when they went into Seattle and really controlled that game throughout a game that even though I believe they only won by a touchdown, I want to say. Yeah. And it was in Seattle, and, it, and even though it was a one-score game, it, was, it never felt like it was in doubt. I mean, that game never felt like the Ravens were in any trouble of, uh, of letting it slip away, and that's the one that really swung me on the Ravens. I'm going to back the Ravens uh, in this one. I'm going to back them as one of my seven. It's got mostly everything to do with the fact that they're getting three and a half in this one, and they're playing at home. Um, I, I'm not sitting here making an argument that they're the better team than the Patriots, uh, but this is going to be fascinating to see how Bill Belichick uh, schemes for Lamar Jackson. This is the, uh, another thing that Emery and I talked about on the advanced route this week, and uh, this is one I really recommend to listen to what Emery had to say because he really went into detail on both sides of the ball and what teams are or what these two teams are going to want to do uh, offensively and defensively uh, to one another. Obviously, we know Bill Belichick's going to want to take away Lamar Jackson as a runner. That's the one thing that probably scares him the most about this team, and that's why I think that the most important element of this game for Baltimore is having a healthy Marquise Brown. If you can if you can threaten them on the ground with both Lamar and Mark Ingram, and then pop uh, Marquise Brown deep, uh, that can really uh, come back to bite New England. And that's why I think they need a fully healthy Marquise Brown because he's the speed guy, right? I mean, Miles Boykin, Willie Sneed, even Mark Andrews, they're not going to really threaten New England's defense deep. But what Marquise Brown can, it can really open things up for Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. A healthy Marquise Brown is the key to victory, I think, for Baltimore in this one. Uh, but I just think with three and a half with these two teams being clearly two of the best in the league, uh, I'm going to take those points, especially since I'm getting them at home. And uh, this just might be the, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is officially special game and the Lamar Jackson is officially special year. So I like having that narrative going in my favor as well. Yeah. Emery Hunt is, is phenomenal to listen to. I encourage everybody to go check him out. And, you know, even in the offseason, listening to him and reading his articles, talk about Lamar Jackson, just kind of opened up my eyes about him. And, and listen, he's been a really good fantasy quarterback. I mean, he's a top 10 quarterback over the last four weeks with Baltimore being on the bye and Lamar Jackson having one passing touchdown in <laughs> games of 143 yards and 161 yards. I'm going to take New England. And I understand the three and a half at home, win by a field goal or not, you know, just maybe – lose by a field goal and you, you're perfectly fine but I'm sick of just backing away from the Patriots like it just seems like every week I'm like ah they're not going to cover they're not going to get it done not sold in the offense it's just the defense is just so legit that I just feel like they'll win alone on the defense there's one guy to stop in this game and it's Lamar Jackson I'm with you I think it's going to be a fascinating game I think this could be the first of two that these two teams play we'll probably see these two teams go toe-to-toe again in the playoffs this time next time it'll be in New England but I, I'm going to take the Pats and honestly if you want to wait this out I think it could even go in the favor I think most people are backing the Ravens here and and I think you know as it opened up as four we could even see the three 
um, whether that makes you feel better or not about New England. I will just take the the better defense. Although Baltimore getting some help on defense as well. I think their defense could take shape, you know, with Jimmy Smith and uh, making the trade for, for Peters, Marcus Peters. I think their defense could take shape in the second half. I don't think it's as bad as what we've seen for the first, you know, few weeks. But, hey, New England, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to lean with the Pats. So we're a little bit different there, but I think for sure – this game is one that I want to watch. Like, I'm going to be watching them all, but this is one that I'm going to be really, really looking forward to seeing Lamar Jackson against this Patriots defense and what he can do. The Monday night football game, Cowboys, seven-point favorites against the Giants. This seems like too many points for me to, to back Dallas, a divisional game. And usually these two teams, no matter who has had holes in their offense, whether it's Eli and, and guys are missing on the Giants or guys are missing on the Cowboys, it just always seems to be a tight game when these two teams play. Yeah, too many points for for a team with really legitimately strong offensive weapons in the Giants. I mean, even last week we saw it. They go down, uh, what, they were down 14? Yeah, and they came back 14 real quick points against Detroit. Uh, maybe even 17 nothing that game might have been. I can't remember. It was definitely 14. It might have been 17. Sure, yeah. Either way, um, you know, they come back and, and they get back in that game. This is just uh, too many legitimate weapons on offense. Uh, you're basically seeing Daniel Jones play at a, an, a slightly elevated level from what we saw out of Josh Allen as a rookie last year. So, uh, again, a guy who I think even this early in his career, we can say he is at least a competent NFL quarterback. And you put a competent NFL quarterback with Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, and maybe he gets Sterling Shepard back this week and a really strong vet in Golden Tate, uh, a line that is, I think, uh, at least right around league average. They're going to be able to put up some points in this game. Uh, are they going to win it? I don't think so. I don't think they I don't think they win. I don't think they beat Dallas, but they're playing at home. I think that that certainly is in play. Um, but either way, there's just too many points for a, a team with all the weaponry that the Giants have offensively. Um, I'm not really I'm not ready to back either side as the for sure winner. But uh, with seven points, I definitely like the Giants on the on the line. So are the Giants in your seven? The Giants are in my seven. Yes. All right. So take it away. Who else do you got there in your seven? All right, so uh, Green Bay is definitely going to be in there. Oakland is going to be in there. The Giants and Philly are going to be in there. Baltimore is going to likely be in there as well. The last two right now, these are the two that I'll really come back to on Friday with DVR for now. I've got Houston and Buffalo, and I could see myself flipping, not necessarily flipping to the other side, but changing uh, those two. Um, right, Those are the two I'm softest on right now, but Green Bay, Oakland, Giants, Philly, and Baltimore – those likely, <clears throat> excuse me, locked in for my seven. All right, so my seven here, I got Houston and Green Bay as well. I am going to take the Colts. Uh, you know, every time I doubt this team, they just seem to find a way to get a W, even last week when things didn't look too well. Cleveland and the Jets, I am rolling the dice with these two mediocre teams just to win by a field goal. And I got New England in there as well, and I'm with you on the Giants. I think that they do enough to – I don't think they win the game, but I think they do enough to cover. So Survivor is a very interesting – it's it's just – I've already picked Seattle. I've already picked Dallas. I've already picked Buffalo. Uh, I'm not going to roll the dice with the Browns or the Jets, even though I like them. I just don't want to pick those teams losing Survivor. I think, honestly, Beller, how I'm feeling right now, and I know it's a Thursday night game, I think I'm just going to roll with the 49ers as my Survivor play. Hey, man, nothing wrong with that. Biggest spread on the board, um, so certainly nothing wrong with that. Uh, I agree. I think Buffalo-Seattle would be the two I'd be most comfortable with um, if I had those available to me in that order. Um, I think I think San Francisco might be the next best pick. I mean, I I feel better about San Francisco than I do about Dallas. Would you if pick I have Philly? Available. As I already, I would. I've already picked them too. Like they're just off yeah. the board for me. I think if those were all off the board to me, I, I you know what? I feel better about Philly than I do about Dallas. About Dallas? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I feel better about them in this this week. I, that, they would be my next pick: Buffalo, Seattle, San Francisco, Philly would be my top four. 
There it is. Make sure you guys tune in on Friday. We get some practice reports. Hopefully have a line with the Vikings and the Chiefs. We get DVR's picks in there as well and, and some survivor picks. So always a pleasure, Beller, talking football with you. Uh, I won't be here on Friday, but good luck to everybody out there with the picks. And uh, we will catch you next week. Cheers. <laughs>